uh, cabinet meeting, uh, the September cabinet meeting. Uh, hope everybody who's listening has uh, had a good summer and uh, are back for a busy autumn. Okay, uh, item one, apologies for absence and declarations of interest. Simon Howell is on leave this week, so apology. Any other declarations? Uh, no? I also have apologies from Councillor Lodge. Of course, Councillor Lodge. Yeah, yeah, and welcome Councillor Hargreaves in his place. Um, minutes of the previous meeting, are they a true record? Okay. For the um, second cabinet meeting in a row, I don't get a mention. Uh, I understand that there's a technicality with the system that it somehow doesn't like to recognise anybody else other than proper cabinet members. Uh, <laughs> so it has been looked into, I'm told. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Point taken. Thank you. Any other matters? Otherwise, I'll ask Councillor Barker. Um, not for accuracy, Chairman, but just for information that I understand that the pub that we listed as an asset of community value, that has been appealed. Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay, in which case we move on to item three, questions or statements from non-executive members of the council. I don't believe there are any. Um, item four, matters referred to the executive by the scrutiny committee or by the council. There is none, Chairman. And presumably that would be the case for item five as well, the consideration yes. of reports from overview and scrutiny committees. That's correct. We've been on holiday. Uh, bearing in mind we have all been on holiday. Um, Item six, unless there's anything to report, there is. Councillor Redfern. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, just to report that we have offered another property um, for a refugee family. It's close to where our other um, refugee families are. Um, we are just waiting. We, we've offered it, but we're waiting to, for confirmation of school places and the like from Essex County Council. So it's my understanding that would be the third family. Excellent. That's, that's very good. Well done. And how is the second family adjusting? I've not heard any, that we have any issues. Obviously, that, um, our team keep in contact with them, but if there is a, any uh, problems, I'll be happy to report next time, but I don't believe there are. Okay. Thank you. Um, item 7, report of delegated decisions. Have there been any? There haven't. Item 8, report on assets of community value determined by the ACV. Standing item, there haven't been any. So that brings us to item 9, um, and I call upon the portfolio holder for housing to um, take this item. Councillor Redfern. Yes, um, yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, this is... Um, we have uh, funding collected from off-site contributions through uh, various planning applications and in the past this is, um, we've um, been able to assist uh, housing associations if they have some shortfall in their funding um, and as we um, are still holding nearly a million pounds we have some issues with the HRA um, as you know um, and so what we would like to do is have permission to use this uh, money that the council is holding at this time to progress a, an, another couple of our um, schemes and fill the funding gap for the time being. Um, obviously, part of the reason we have this issue is that we've had an increase in the right to buys as well as um, the um, rent, rent reduction uh, that's been forced upon us, so obviously that affects our business plan. Um, and what we don't want, to, we have um, to replace, uh, if, if a council property is sold under the right to buy, we, are, we only get to retain about 30% of that value, um, and we have to match fund, we have to, well, we have to find the other 70%, and otherwise we repay that money we lose 100% of the right to buy receipts. So what we'd like to do is use this money that we've collected over the, from the 106 contributions to continue with our uh, building programme. Um, 
I think that is it really, unless anyone's got any questions they want to ask. But the other thing I would just say is obviously this is something um, we continue to lobby on over the right to buy, over the fact that we, are, we don't get to retain more of the uh, capital receipt. Um, but I do believe there is a consultation coming out which um, the team and I are going to have a look at to respond to um, because of just because of these type of things and also just for a point of interest um, you may have seen in, in the report item, uh, num item number seven that we have actually delivered um, in our uh, recent times 71 new council houses and we have another 43 um, currently um, under development so I think that's something to be pretty pleased with thank you I think that's uh, an excellent record particularly when you compare it to some of the other activity that is uh, going on um, Questions for Councillor Redfern? Happy to second. Pardon? I want a seconder, but I've got one on my right, Councillor Barker, so thank you. Um, can we just understand um, what Section 106 monies are left in terms of, is, is this all the outstanding sum? This is, this is uh, well, at the moment we're holding, I mean, I can be really boring about this if you like, and I actually I think I will. So, irritatingly, we as a council used to collect affordable housing contributions, mainly off-site contributions for anything from three properties up, upwards. Um, but because of government changes, we're no longer able to collect funding under 10, although I think with our policy at the moment it's under, under 14. But we collect nothing at the moment. This was money collected in those situations. Um, and as you know, I feel pretty grumpy that we're not allowed to collect it lower, especially when we weren't having pushback on that. So this is, this is mainly monies, these will be off-site contributions from probably smaller developments. I don't know exactly which ones they are, but that is where it, the monies come from. And we don't collect many off-site contributions now because we only, collect, we only take affordable housing contributions on sites of 14 and over. Yes, uh, which is also, is also something that you are challenging government on. I challenge them on everything. Good. Now, no, my question was the £942,200, yeah. uh, is that, that is the sum, the outstanding sum, or is there more money still to use? No, that is the money that we are holding okay. at this so time. That, that, whether there's made, nothing left. I don't believe okay. so. No. Whether, no. There, whether there are any other contributions from previous applications that haven't been, um, haven't been paid over yet, I, I don't know the answer to that. But I believe, um, um, I don't know if I'm wrong, I'm sure Roger will jump in, but I believe this is the money that we are holding at this time. Okay. It, it, I think, uh, Captain, it would be interesting to know if there is uh, any further sums, just to make sure that nothing slips through the net in terms of using. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, good. No other questions? I've got a Proposer and a seconder. Um, those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, still Councillor Redfern. Additional HRA borrowing headroom. Thank you, Chairman. Um, much of what I said in the um, previous item um, sort of relates to this as well. Um, as um, most members around this table will remember we borrowed in, I think it was 2012, um, £88.4 million to pay ourselves out of the um, housing subsidy um, system. And um, we had an HRA headroom, uh, total borrowings we were allowed to make of £89,532,000. We borrowed £88,407,000. And um, that gave us a small headroom of 1.2 million. Um, currently, we have a borrowing headroom available of 3.125 million because we have we have already started repaying some of the capital sum. But it was announced in I think it was June that there is an opportunity for high um, areas of high value where, where to purchase properties is a we are sort of in an expensive area, that the government was making funding or allowing extra headroom for various some councils and we were one of the councils that were included in, in that as an expensive area. So we are asking that we can put ourselves forward to bid to increase our headroom 
so that if we want to borrow going forward that we're in a situation where we have got some additional headroom to be able to borrow. But I'm not saying that we will definitely be borrowing, we're just saying that we want to respond to this consultation and, or this bid process and have the opportunity to increase our headroom so that if we want to we can. Are you so, wanting to second or to speak? Oh. <coughs> okay. Uh, have you, have you? Uh, formally second that, Chairman. Um, could I just clarify, in the paper it states somewhere that if we were to borrow this, this would help us deliver more schemes, presumably these are affordable housing schemes such as the malls that is referenced in the previous paper. Yes, this will, this, basically this is to help us continue on our um, uh, plan of um, development of sites that we own or potential where we have bought, bought off um, uh, the affordable housing off as we did in Rabwinter where we bought it off a developer. Um, so it's, it is for us to be able to continue developing houses of our own stock to make sure we have got a truly affordable housing in Uttlesford. Or, or presumably to uh, continue to upgrade our sheltered ho housing but you've almost completed well, that, that programme. Well, no, there's, there's, there's more to do, but that is, that is all part of the same, yeah. same yeah. programme. Okay. Yeah. Councillor Ross. Thank you, Chair. Um, the notice that the current borrowing will be reduced by £2 million a year, so I know you want to get your headroom up to, so you can borrow some more money, so can you, I don't know how this works, but can you reduce your repayments, then you've got some more cash around to invest? So back in 2012, we set up various loans to, to get our 88... £88.4 million. We set up various loans. They all have, we agreed um, not to re make any loan repayment for the first five years. So now we are in the first year of actually starting our repayments. So our repayments are roughly £2 million a year. And so you see it start to, um, start to come down. So, and we did investigate restructuring um, our finance to um, sort of extend the period so we weren't repaying um, so much but actually we're tied up in various ways and, and can't do that so I'm guessing and I, maybe I'll look to Ros and Adrian if I'm wrong or Roger I don't know but I'm guessing that as we, repay, as we start to repay we've still got the he same headroom so we can then start to re-borrow but obviously um, it, we're only paying it off at £2 million a year and we have you can see how much we've spent, so it may be that we want to have a higher, we want to have the maximum headroom that we can, so that we are in a position that if we want to do a development, we can arrange, get the funding to do it, but I'm not saying that we will definitely want, to. it's not a target like my credit card, okay. it's, just a, it's, just, <laughs> it's just the top, top that we can do, and it just gives us some flexibility, which at the moment we, we haven't got, because we've got a very tight Headroom. Does that make Councillor sense? Dean. That makes sense, thank you. Thank you. I, I noticed that uh, yeah. Councillor Redfern uh, twice said that it wasn't necessarily the case that the additional headroom would be used. Uh, all I can say is I hope it is because presumably um, if there's a, a fixed pot, central government's expecting it to be used and not everybody who gets permission not to use it because there may be others who want our share if we don't use it. Um, and the only other comment I would make is that uh, it does say at paragraph 19 that the bid will set out the additional homes, etc., etc. I presume it's already written because it's got to be submitted tomorrow. <laughs> um, two, two things um, on that. Your, your first comment, obviously what we would like to do, we'd like to maximise our borrowing and deliver as many houses as we possibly can but obviously we are limited to where what and where oh, and yeah. so we will you know we will always try always try and deliver as much as we can and so it would be good to have this extra headroom um, I know it says in the report that the bid has to be in by the 7th which I think is tomorrow but today we've heard that actually got till the 30th of September I think oh. it's a very very tight um, schedule for lots of people so I mean people have been over the summer going like mad to try and put this together but we, we were ready but we'll be even more ready by the 30th of September. 
Does that answer your question? But certainly, I think I'd, I'd, the, the, the track record that you just heard of building council houses and the uh, improvements to sheltered accommodation and everything else we're doing, hopefully, uh, would indicate that we will be spending that money. Um, sorry, I would like just to say, as it's been mentioned a couple of times um, about our sheltered accommodation, that actually um, Reynolds Court has its official opening this month, so um, I think it's the 28th of September. I'm not, uh, invitations will be going out. I'm not sure they've gone out yet because we were waiting for confirmation of something, but that's obviously a really exciting, that was, really is our big project, and that is going to be completed this month. Councillor On that... Um, 28th of September, it's the Friday. Um, the moment, there's pipe work, there's, there's holes in the ground. Um, it's sort of not looking openable unless <coughs> there's a lot of well, work gets done very quickly. All I, just all I can just say, Councillor Hargreaves, keep the faith. We will have our opening, whether absolutely everything is completely finished. I believe it will be, but if I'm wrong, you can buy me a drink in the Coach and Horses instead. If, if you're wrong, you, yeah. I can buy you a drink. Right, okay. Sorry. Not quite but sure the logic of that, but if both, both you guys have left your lights on. Sorry. Sorry. Alan? Huh? Lights, sorry. Okay, so uh, no other comments. The recommendation is that Cabinet notes the Government's announcement to make up to one billion additional housing revenue account borrowing headroom available in areas of high affordability pressure for local authorities that are ready to start building new homes. And secondly, notes the proposed submission of a bid from the Council for three million pounds additional borrowing headroom. Those in favour? Those against, carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 11, uh, community-led housing grant criteria, which I think is still Councillor Redfern. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, many members here will have taken part in the various um, workshops that we've had um, following... Um, we had about 34,000 to spend, um, or as a grant, to use on how we would deliver community-led housing. And... Um, so we have spent about nine, just over £9,000 on various items so far. And now what I would like to ask is that we, um, that we approve the um, criteria, well, the, approve the awarding of small grants to groups of, for community-led housing projects from grant funding received from the government's communities and housing fund and that we grant authority to the Director of Public Services in consultation with the port housing portfolio holder to determine the eligibility criteria to allocate grants to, to groups. And so what we are proposing is that if there is a community-led um, housing group in a community, that they can actually approach us for some grant funding to help them bring these um, forward. There is a minimum grant of £500 and a maximum of 2000 um, so that is, I'm asking for um, approval of that recommendation, please. Thank you. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Ranger, Councillor Barker wished to speak. Would this be relevant for exception sites in villages where uh, perhaps a neighbourhood group or a neighbourhood plan group was looking at that, that sort of move forward or would this just be community-led housing um, in an urban or more urban scenario? Well, I think it can be... I think there's two, um, again, Roger might want to jump in, but I think there's two different things there, like the exception sites are a different thing to community-led housing, and I think we can, um, the community-led housing groups, um, can, it's not just urban, it could, be, it could be anywhere, and this is really to give them a little bit of a helping hand, because these things do tend to be um, expensive to, to pull together, and it just, or time hungry I would say and this just gives them the opportunity to buy some additional resources Councillor Dean I think this is um, an important initiative or at least the, the prospect of community led housing schemes mm. themselves are um, an important potential initiative and this is a potentially a good enabler but I, I would urge that we we don't simply say, well, we've got some money, you know, put in a bid if you want it, because the likelihood is that people out there will think, what's all this about, and there won't be any bids. So I, I think it needs to, the council, this council needs to go out into communities in some way or other to actually spread the word and to 
um, drum up interest and understanding about what it's all about and then obviously then give money out in a, in a wise way rather than the first person that pops up. And indeed uh, to raise awareness of the whole principle yes. of community-led housing. Um, I think that's an extremely good point. Um, and I think we've had good sessions with councillors. I think councillors are familiar, but, but maybe not so much beyond that. So if I could ask Councillor Redfern to look into that, please. Um, we do have the parish liaison. I think we've got a full agenda, haven't we, next week? But uh, we could mention it and, and to have a, some kind of uh, guidance pack. Uh, I think it would be very, very helpful. Thank you for that. Any other comments? No, in which case um, the um, recommendation has been read out, so I won't repeat that. We have a, pro a uh, proposal and a seconder, so those in favour? Those against? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, so that, I think, completes Councillor Redfern's um, trilogy. And we move on to Councillor Barker, who will talk about fixed penalty notices for environmental offences. Chairman, um, we all hate litter, we all hate dog waste, um, we all hate people throwing stuff out of car windows, we all detest fly tipping. Um, this paper, in addition to increasing the fines for, for those offences, um, looks to seek another additional offences, um, littering from vehicles, vehicle idling, smoking in a traffic in a vehicle carrying someone under 18, and offences linked to antisocial behaviours. We, we have a table of proposed charges there, maximum charges, which I'd like the Council to adopt. A bit like uh, fixed penalty notices for car parking, there are um, prompt payment discounts, but we are looking to increase, for example, the litter fine from £75 to 150 fly tipping from 200 to 400 and fly posting from 75 to £150. We do very much want the public to report offences. It's all very well having fines in place, but unless we have people who report somebody throwing cigarette butts or um, coffee cartons out of their windows, we cannot enforce. We don't need an enormous amount of vehicle. The rules have changed, uh, information, the rules have changed. You can now prosecute the owner of a car. So they say, I wasn't driving. Well, that's tough. It was your car and something was thrown out. The registration number, where the vehicle was when you saw it, it's enough for the officers to take action, but we do very much need that. Our officers work very hard on fly tips, had a lot of fly tips recently near Great Camfield. Um, it's a blight on the countryside. It puts people, you know, great inconvenience, whether it's private landowners, the highways, um, the district council land itself. Um, there are a number of specific recommendations in the report, Chairman, as well as a lot of detail. Um, but basically, we're asking Cabinet to agree the use of the fixed penalty charge notices as identified within the report with immediate effect, agree new penalty charge sums as outlined as Appendix 1, authorise the Assistant Director of Housing, Health and Communities to issue fixed and civil penalty notices with immediate effect, and delegate the authority to add new fixed, penalty and, fixed and civil penalty notice, sorry, charges as may be prescribed in legislation to the portfolio holder for environmental services, I would imagine in consultation with the Assistant Director of Housing, Health and Communities. Um, the paper does go into a lot of details, Chairman, um, about when the regulations came in and the reviews, but I hope that everybody here would endorse the fact that we do strive to keep Uttlesford a clean and tidy place, and having these penalties in place and advertising that we will prosecute may help a little bit towards discouraging people from uh, littering as much as unfortunately they do at present. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Redfern, thank you. Anybody wish to comment on this? Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you very much. Uh, I absolutely support increasing the, the, the penalties. Whether we can actually nail the people is obviously difficult, but if you haven't got the penalties, uh, this is a good start. Could I just draw attention to one thing um, on the fly posting? Um, in my ward, I would probably ask, I would say one of the largest fly posters is actually this council with planning notices and it seems to be quite routine I've just pulled down some today I was going to bring them up uh, where multiple identical notices are put up at the same place which obviously is unnecessary uh, where the application is then altered the next notice is stapled onto the previous one without taking the old one down should be a simple thing to sort out 
there appears to be no process for taking them down once their life expired. I assume at that point they become fly posting. And a final environmental point. When I was ripping them down today, I thought of this. Um, they're made of plastic of some sort. They're not biodegradable. So we're sticking plastic in the environment as well. So I suppose this sort of biblical reference about taking the plank out of your own eye, perhaps something we could, we could improve uh, for ourselves. But overall, I fully support this. Okay, I, I, I note, having just put a flooding application in, that they are some sort of coated paper. But I think the idea behind that is that is less harmful than putting them in a plastic sheet or laminating them. But I will ask the officers to investigate whether the material is recyclable. I took my own down off my own gate. But we are required to post those notices. But I will look at the process behind you know, whether we ask the householder to take them down and whatever. Yeah, Thank I, you. I think good points. Um, my understanding... Oh, sorry, Councillor Dean. Yeah, thank you. I, I'd find it very interesting to know um, how many incidents of these various um, problem areas occur, let, let's say occurred in the last year, and, and then how many people were actually nabbed for the offences that they um, committed. Um, I mean, you know, I, 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 know, I know of major fly-tipping events near Stansted. I never actually heard whether the people who dumped two lorry loads of stuff in Pennington Lane were traced, allegedly somewhere near Chelmsford, or whether you know, the trail went dead. Um, and on, on the question of fly-tipping, I'm not expressing a personal opinion here, but somebody did collar me in the last few weeks and, you know, and said, well, of course, we get more fly-tipping because you charge so much to collect you know, large, large domestic waste uh, from home. Now, now, I'm not making that point other than I think, it, I think it would be worth understanding what types of stuff get um, tipped, you know, whether it is largely commercial waste and people are avoiding their responsibility of paying to deposit or, or, or what it is because unless you've got evidence you know, it's very difficult to know whether adjusting penalties adjusting charges will make any difference um, so could I could I ask that Councillor um, Barker yeah, uh, what I'll do Councillor Dean if it's all right just get a detailed response to you and we'll attach that to the minutes of this meeting yeah, I you. am aware that there have been pre you know, precious few um, ordinary littering offences picked up on, if any. Um, fly tipping, I know the number of fly tips, but I will report back to you on how many have actually been followed up and we've had a successful prosecution. Unfortunately, the more you advertise to people that we will look through fly tips for evidence, then the less likely you are likely to find any. Um, certainly around Grain Cabfield, a lot of the stuff was road planings and similar, which are road planings and similar, but they're not anything that has anything within them to identify where they've come from. Well, no, or, or maybe if you advertise it, they're more likely to take the incriminating address that, envelopes that, that's what out. I meant. That's what I meant. Who knows? <laughs> that's what I meant. Okay. But I, I will do you a detailed report. But the question I was going to ask was, did I not read in the press that the maximum possible penalty is £1,000 for littering? I know you quoted that at me, and I'll ask Mr Watts. Okay, well, I, you know, if, 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 if the penalty is potentially higher, then I think we should do it. it, it is, litter is a big problem, and it, it's not just about the aesthetics of uh, our district. It's the fact that we're now spending £400,000 of ratepayers' money, which could be very much better spent elsewhere, picking up other people's rubbish. And um, I, I'm boring on this subject, but every, it, this time every year, having just come back from France... I draw the comparison between there and here. And I'm not just talking about fancy resorts, I'm talking about through the country. Um, and it's not so much the picking up, but they're jolly good at that actually, it's the fact it's not dropped in the first place. And um, so we will, it's not just about increasing the penalty notices, it's about education, it's about um, 
obviously the council working in, in harmony with volunteers, so every community I think has its own litter pick and we must encourage that at least two a year in every village. Uh, it is about prosecution and when you get the figures, Councillor Dean, there won't have been many and therefore we've got to decide how do we increase that? Do we have officers going out at the point? If you go around the, the, the roundabout as you come onto the 120 at Stansted Airport, um, it's appalling. So uh, you, you would only have to stand there with a camera for about uh, 20 minutes and you'd nail a lot of people. Um, so let's be proactive. You can actually hire companies to do this if you wanted to. It may not be the appropriate route because of the way that they would go about their business. But we certainly need to be more proactive. This is exactly the same as an area getting a reputation for not to, not to speed in. So don't drop litter in Uttlesford because they are tough on it. So it's that combination of education, of, of, of volunteers working to keep its community clean, of enforcing uh, that I think we, we must do. Because it's a nonsense. It really is a nonsense. We, you know, we should be spending about £100,000 a year, not 400, and, and we could spend £700,000 there'd still be litter. So Councillor Ranger and then I think Councillor Dean wanted to come in. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Yeah, according to my friend, Mr. Wikipedia, um, if you're a persistent litterer, you can be fined £2,500, but most fines are generally under, 800, uh, under 100 for local authorities. Okay. Thank you very much for that. That's good. Councillor I, I agree entirely with what you said, Chairman. I, I, all I would add is that it's not just uh, the strategic highway network and Roundstansted Airport. The bottom of Sparrows Hill is a mess. Oh, yes. No, I just <laughs> in, here in Saffron Walden. Yeah, yeah. I just have driven yeah. around that road about twice in two days. And, <laughs> yes, and, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, of course, we've all, we all know this, the bad spots. Okay, so I think uh, it, we've had a good discussion on that. Um, we've had a proposer. Have, have we had a seconder? Yeah, Councillor Ranger, sorry. Um, Councillor Barker read out the recommendations. So those in favour? Those against, carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. That takes us to agenda item 13. Still Councillor Barker. This is changes to mandatory licensing of houses in multiple occupation. Thank you, HMOs. Chairman. Um, Chairman, previously houses in multiple occupation had to be registered if they were a certain height, three storeys, um, and had more than five groups of people in there. These have been changed, and paragraph 12 sets you out the new criteria, which is that HMOs are occupied by five or more persons in two or more separate households, regardless of the number of stories. And it also applies to purpose-built flats, where there are up to two flats in the block, and one or both are occupied as an HMO by five or more persons. Um, we reckon that if you look in paragraph 15, that across the district we potentially have 180 houses in multiple occupation, and that of these, some 20 or 40 properties will require licence under the new regulations. The licence fees are set out there. They're on a cost recovery basis. Um, it's 1,060 for a house in multiple occupation of up to five people, an additional charge per room, and an annual renewal of £560. Um, the recommendations are that the Cabinet approves the proposed fees as set out within the report. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Do I have a seconder to that, Councillor Ross? Thank you. And uh, you wish to ask a question? Good. Thank you, Chair. Um, my son is just going to go into one of these in, in uh, Brixton in the next two weeks, and I've been reading a little bit about them. But um, do we, what is the process for checking that uh, people are complying with the licences, and is there any enforcement? Um, if there are people, could, could you enlighten me, please? Could I ask Mr Watts to come to the microphone and enlighten all of us? <clears throat> Thank you. Yes, indeed. Um, the licences are for five years, and as part of the licence fee, we take into account uh, one mid-term inspection. And uh, as part of this regime and what we're proposing here is for it to be inspected on application, uh, compliance checks following that to ensure total compliance with the conditions, a mid-term inspection, and a compliance monitoring visit within that five-year period. So that's our plan. I, I guess sort of the back up to that uh, question is that's what we're doing. So to enrich Councillor Riles, is that what is statutorily obligated? No, there's no fixed uh, inspection 
mechanism, uh, inspection frequency set by the regulations for uh, monitoring compliance with licensing conditions. Essentially, it's all risk-based. So uh, what we will be leading to will be a situation whereby those landlords who are good, reputable landlords who have got good levels of compliance, they will be seeing as less, and those ones that aren't uh, will be seeing as more. Uh, and no, I, I think what Councillor Rolf meant was what do you have to comply with? Is it smoke alarms in every unit? Is it oh the actual details at the level of compliance? It, it, it wasn't. The, the main things which they have to comply with. Oh, sorry, forgive me. Sorry, it, it wasn't actually, but it's a good question. So, it, uh, what, what I think uh, uh, Councillor Ralph was trying to get at is: so, what did Brixton, the Brixton Authority, have to do, or whether it was Brixton or Camden or wherever else? Um, is, is there a national statutory uh, requirement? There's a, there is no national such a requirement in terms of inspection frequency. Uh, there is a, a national requirement in respect of licensing um, and uh, many councils have, adopt, have adopted a, um, an extended licensing scheme, which we have not. Um, uh, so there is that. Um, but in terms of uh, what, we, what we inspect, is basically anything that we think has a potential impact on one's health. So anything from uh, excessive cold, damp, mould, to electrical hazards, to fire safety hazards. And the problem with HMOs specifically, and this is why the, the, the legislation has changed slightly, is because they're, they're known to be high risk, particularly for fire safety hazards. Um, three, two or three storeys higher, um, uh, fire escapes um, and people don't uh, landlords are known not to maintain them as well as single story households or two story households okay, Thank you, I think that's probably there's an additional cost and the landlord probably wants to save a few pounds but if you're going to do this interim checking and things it would be nice to see us uh, as a, a council of excellence with this sort of thing so the public know that um, if they are going to be in these properties that we are keeping an eye and looking after their safety so that's uh, Reassuring. Yeah, well, reassuring. there will be a public register inspector of this as well, also. Okay, thank you. Good, thank you. No other questions? We have a proposal second, uh, and you've had the recommendation. Those in favour? Against? Carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 14, um, the Planning Service Peer Review Action Plan. Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, we have a, a summary here of the peer review that, as you were... Well, we've got summary of two papers. We've got our covering paper. We've got the action plan itself, and Thank we've you, got Watts. the paper that went to GAP. Um, we're recommending here that we approve the planning service action plan. That you'll see um, some of the actions on that plan have already been completed. Um, a couple of the proposals were actually rejected by the, the planning officers here, but the. Um, some of the monitoring ones, key performance indicators, the roles of the development management manager, um, project management, all sorts of things um, have been agreed and have deadlines against them of September, October, December and running through to March 2019. Um, I'd like to particularly draw your attention on page 5 of the action plan to the review of the geographical information system there, licenses where the recommendation says uh, consider linking into other authorities. Uh, we're talking certainly to a couple of other local authorities about whether that could be a, a partnership rather than stand alone. Um, a couple of pages in use of the appointment of a Section 106 monitoring officer. Uh, we're getting the software in place for that to be put in place ahead of appointing an officer to that, to that post. Uh, many of the items you see are completed. The others all have deadlines against them. I do wonder, Chairman, I know this item went to GAP. Uh, does either of, the, either of you sit on GAP? And perhaps we can ask Hunter Hargreaves the view of the, the GAP committee on, on the proposals. Yep, sure. Thank you very much. Um, this is only a peer review. So it is one group of planning officers commenting on things for the benefit of another group of planning officers. As such, apart from the chair, no user of the planning system was, was consulted. Individual members of the committee were not consulted, parish councils or developers or, or anybody else. 
So it did get some sort of, well, it was nodded through by a gap as well. You might as well get on with it. Seems sort of all right. Uh, there was concern that really this was not necessarily addressing everything and that actually talking to users of the system would be a very good idea. Uh, I note Councillor Barker did comment that a couple of the uh, recommendations were just wiped straight away. That one of them was particularly bizarre, which was that speakers at committee should only have three minutes in total, and that if more than one speaker wanted to speak, they'd have to divide up the three minutes. So obviously that wasn't going to fly, but slight worry that officers, wherever they came from, could put forward something which clearly was not going to be a good idea. That rather cast doubt on the validity of the whole thing. Um, and also, actually, in the meeting, Councillor Howell is not here to defend himself, but he did take the opportunity to criticise the planning committee. That really uh, did not go down well, because, of course, the planning committee weren't part of any of this, this, this consultation. So it's fine as far as it goes, but really, I think asking the users of the system, I think, would be a, would Thank be a great Thank you. I, I take on board this. This was a review of how our planning department operates, not on whether how the public like whether it operates or how it operates. I, I hear your comments about speaking time. We have had so many debates about how long we should allow public speaking, and as you're very aware around the local plan, the chairman extended it far further than was normal. There were, some very, there were some other recommendations within this report that the office has not gone with um, to cut down the time for members to call in. Um, it sits at five weeks, which sort of sits with most parish council cycles, and um, I think we, we would be sort of slapped down if we tried to change that a bit. Um, it's not impossible, of course, for parish councils to circulate planning applications during meetings and to make comments. Um, or, or indeed for a member to be made aware of that, but very difficult when the public have got used to something. There are other recommendations in here, like moving the photocopier. Well, it's a very strange thing to, to put in a report, which is supposed to be a high-level strategic report, and I understand the officers have left the photocopier where it is, or the printer. Um, I think Mr. Harborough wanted to add something in here. The, the other thing was, the, it wasn't a review of the planning committee and their performance, but it did make reference to the number of planning applications that have been up for recommendation by officers and have been refused by committee and have then been won on appeal because we do sit in a low quartile for that and it doesn't reflect awfully well. But planning committee members, they are you know, quasi-judicial, whatever. I respect that they are there and make their decisions. But from the peer reviewers looking at how we operate, looking at what the officers put forward, um, that bit of how the committee behaves was brought back into that, that review. Mr Harper. I just briefly wanted to clarify that the review was carried out not by officers from another authority, so it wasn't a peer review in that sense. It was carried out by consultants who specialise in advising authorities on how best to organise themselves. Uh, yeah, they do have experience of having worked in authorities at earlier stages in their careers, but um, th these, are, these are people of experience of authorities across the country and how the most effective uh, authorities are organised. So that's, that's where their recommendations came from. I think um, the point that it illustrates, I mean, you, you sort of shock horror in terms of cutting down the time for, for speaking, but that's what happens at other planning committees around the country. So um, we are, quite rightly, um, you know, generous in terms of allowing people to make representation, and which is why we rejected the, uh, the recommendation. But it comes from what is common practice elsewhere. So I think the balance is, is, is a good one. I, I, like uh, Councillor Parker, I take note of your point about what, what is the user experience. I think it's always, uh, you know, as, a, as somebody who has always been dedicated to customer experience and customer feedback, then um, that is a piece of work. But that wasn't quite what the thing set out to do, but it's, it's still a very important piece of work, and I think uh, uh, we, should, we should be doing that. But in terms of the idea of working smarter and um, 
and, and not doing what you don't have to do and, and, and generally being more efficient. I think there's some helpful suggestions in that. Um, and that's something that we all do uh, at, at every stage of any working life. You know, am I doing it right and could I do it better? So it's, it was good to have the review and um, we'll follow through the recommendations. Did Councillor Dean want to speak? Yeah, okay, and then Councillor Parker. Yes, thank you. We were just discussing whether this was about um, internal process or the quality of service that the public gets. I, there was a, um, a paragraph in there which talked in the report which talked about gold, silver and bronze service or performance. I wasn't quite sure whether that was suggesting that when one applies for planning application you ask you, you pay more if you want gold service or, or, or what that meant. So maybe, maybe Mr. Harborough would be able to ex explain that. Um, I noticed the, there was a point made about um, work-related pressures on, on staff um, and in a way that links with, quite possibly links with work-related processes. And I, I thought when I saw this report, when it went to the GAP committee that there was something in there saying that the method, internal method used for the officers signing off a recommendation, whether it's going to committee or officer delegated determination, that somehow or other that went through a standard stovepipe process, regardless, if you will, of the significance of the application. But I couldn't find it when I looked at it today, so I'd be interested or be useful if somebody can tell me whether that is there and whether something is being done about that, whether that is part of um, not getting officers to do things when they don't need to do it. Um, and then I think I'd finish that off by saying that, you know, there's reference early on in the report to the, was it 20 percent uh, hike in hiking fees. So the question I have is, well, so what's happened to that money? Is, has it been already deployed to bring improvements, extra staff, or whatever it is? As I think one can't just collect extra money and do nothing with it. No, indeed. No, I, th I think that is, is some of the whatever can that potentially additional 180,000 help deliver some of the things within this, uh, make us more robust, perhaps a slightly speedier service, perhaps you know offer a gold brand gold, silver or bronze range. Um, I mean, that is mentioned in the summary paper. It's not mentioned in an action plan. So I should take that away and ask the officers whether they are considering a, a range of services. And, you know, in many ways, we, we already are delivering ranges of service. You know, you, you not like uh, planning policy agreements or whatever they're called. But, you know, that is a way that we backfill the cost of dealing with a major application um, because we need to do that. But I'll, I'll certainly take away that long time since I read the report. It's a few months old now. I'll take away that particular aspect and see if uh, that features at all in, in any future plans. I, I, I would just like you know, assurance that things are happening, that are, whatever the stresses are within the department, that, that I, they I'm are quite being... I'm quite happy to bring your report back to Cabinet later in the year with, to make sure that some of those yes, deadlines have been hit. And, and that it's having impact, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And we need to decide how we're going to measure customer experience as well. Did you want to comment on gold, silver, bronze, Mr. Howard? I think Councillor Barker's already covered the point. A gold standard service, an example of that would be a planning performance agreement. Pre-application advice, not quite so sophisticated, yeah, but okay. is, is silver. Your bronze is <laughs> what you get for a standard planning application fee. <laughs> Good. Any other? The Just recommendation yeah. meet, should read Cabinet, shouldn't it? Um, cabinet approves the planning action service plan relating to resources summary appended to this report and that we bring back a further report later in the year. Right. I've got an old one. I may have an old one. No, yours is No, isn't. no, you're looking you're, you're at the wrong paper, Chairman. Well done. <laughs> right. Thank you. Um, yeah, okay. You've read it out. We've had a seconder, I think. Do we have a seconder, Alistair? Okay. Councillor Ranger. Those in favour? Those against? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Item 15, update on Garden Communities Delivery Member Governance Board, June to August 2018. So, you're all aware of the board, um, which was established to... 
uh, discuss matters that might uh, be of a commercially sensitive nature. Um, it, is, it is on a cross-party basis. Uh, as the report says, it includes um, members of both officer and um, uh, member from Essex County, the Deputy Leader of Essex County Council. Um, and uh, the uh, subjects, key themes are laid out in paragraph 8, so I won't read them all, but they are substantive points. And then you've got a comment on each of those uh, in the subsequent paragraphs. So it's really just to update you on the areas covered, but happy to take, um, happy to take questions. I shouldn't have a question from a member of the committee. Go on, Councillor Dean. Yeah. It's occurred to me, reading this report, that there is obviously things going on in, in two strands. One is the specific commercial side of the new settlements, so garden settlements, and then there's the local plan itself running in parallel. We haven't had a, a PPWG policy planning working group meeting for some time, so I, I think we've got to make sure yeah. that we're not treading in each other's toes or, or sure. in particular that PPWG is, is not left out of the loop on, on key things that are relevant to it. Um, and, I, and I suppose that came to mind by continuing to read letters in local newspapers which um, I think in many cases are based on uh, misinformation. Um, uh, and, 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 that, and I think that's something that needs to be needs to be challenged, whether it's about the uselessness of development plan documents or, or the absence of um, commitments to affordable housing or whatever the issue might be. I, 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 there's a lot going on out there and of course we've, we've had a summer break so I think it's really, I suppose what I'm really saying is that we, we need to get back up to speed again uh, now that autumn is here. Uh, on both sides. Yes, and it's perfectly uh, legitimate to have yeah. a view on any one of the developments or yeah. of the plan as a whole, but misinformation such as 60% affordable housing and why haven't we stuck to that target, which has never uh, been anybody's target, um, is, well, it's, it's part of the uh, game being played. But I, 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 I think um, that you make a very important point, and uh, uh, we do need a PPWG meeting. Um, two of the subjects, which is uh, to have a summary of the Regulation 19 representations and uh, what actually do we mean by DPD and how is it going to happen and when is it going to happen. Um, we're proposing that we have a member briefing before the Council meeting on the, I think it's the 9th of October. Um, so, in a sense, we'll be talking to all members, which is good, um, but uh, we, th th there will be other subjects that PPWG needs to, to look at. Um, and um, uh, so, so, yes, we, there, there, there will be a meeting, but it's also very important that all members are, are kept briefed. Okay, do I have a seconder? I'm just noting. Right. Uh, the next item is anything of importance that I consider to be important. There isn't anything. So the meeting is closed, not at quarter to eight, because that clock's wrong, but about five two. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Chairman.